everybody, and welcome to another My JavaScript Story. This week, we're talking to Kay Plosser. I Did I get anywhere close? No. <laughs> no. Plöser. 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 I should yeah. ask before I try. I don't speak German, yeah. sorry. No one, no one gets it right, not even German speakers. Oh, is it not a German name? It, it is, but um, it's like when you, either you know it because I said it to you, or you read it, and when you read it, it's like... Um, it's it has some some um, parts in it that are written different from how they are spelled. Oh, I gotcha! Like half of the English language. Yep, basically. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm building a new product, G2I is the company that I call to help me find a developer who can build it. G2I is a hiring platform run by engineers that matches you with React, React Native, GraphQL, and mobile developers that you can trust. Whether you are a new company building your first product or an established company that wants additional engineering help, G2I has the talent you need to accomplish your goals. Go to g2i.co to learn more about what G2I has to offer. In my experience, G2I has linked me up with experienced engineers that can fit my budget. And the G2I staff are friendly and easy to work with. They know how product development works and can help you find the perfect engineer for your stack. Go to g2i.co to learn more about G2I. Good deal. Well, um, why don't you go ahead and remind people who you are real quick. Um, I'll also just point out that you were on React Roundup about a year ago as we record this, February of 2019. I'll put a link to that in the show notes talking about using and teaching React. Yeah, um, uh, I'm a developer consultant from um, Germany, from Stuttgart, Germany. And Nowadays, I'm mostly blogging about technology, about um, serverless and um, front-end development and mobile development and such things. Yeah, the, the last year, I didn't do much um, production-ready development anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I was mostly uh, into uh, developer relations and, um, um, yeah... And this, uh, this April, I will start teaching at the university front-end development to designers. And yeah, um, I only did some few minor um, React Native projects in, in 2019. And yeah, that's uh, basically I'm, I'm writing all the time these days. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Well, um, this show, we kind of back way up and we start with how you got into programming and then we kind of work our way forward to where you are now. So let's start with how you got into programming. Um, um, that's a good question. How did I get into programming? I think the first time I ever really programmed something small was when I was, I don't know, in third grade or something. I had a, a Commodore C64 uh, and um, did some basic uh, ba basic scripting yeah, with basic that was running on this Commodore. And um, later I would do some um, scripting for, for video games. For example, I would play Counter-Strike with my friends and you uh -huh. would, would script some stuff like buying the same weapons every time you would start a, a match so you wouldn't have to type it manually. And such things as were the first basic stuff, so uh, like, like basic modding of video games were my first uh, introduction to programming. Um, later, I would do some 
scripting. Um, I was in an IRC channel or in multiple IRC channels back in the days and I would write uh, scripts for, for bots or games or something that could be played inside these chat rooms. Um, mm -hmm. Which is kind of funny because, uh, you know, I, I started um, in, when I was a, a, young, a young boy, I started to program um, bots and this was something that was far in the past for me. And nowadays people were starting again, oh, we now need chatbots again. And um, yeah, I found this uh, kind of funny because it's something i've uh, felt really old for me because i were uh, like uh, it was years ago when i was in irc channels and um now people would want to have chatbots again to talk to their customers and stuff <clears throat> yeah and then um I I found it inter interesting to to program stuff and i did some home pages for for a band i had and um, for friends and such things, I started to learn HTML and CSS and later PHP and mm -hmm. um, did this in, in my free time for friends. And um, one day my school time was finished and people were asking me, yeah, okay, what do you want to do with your life? And I the two ideas, uh, one was uh, I was really good at uh, chemistry at school, um, so I wanted to do some um, some apprenticeship as a chemical labor, laboratory assistant. And um, the other part was I did like to program. Um, yeah, so I applied for different apprenticeships and didn't get one, so I went uh, to school again and um, I went to an IT school and um, to an IT high school and there I did um, learn to program in C and, um, and in assembler and things for two years and after that I applied for apprenticeships again and again nobody wanted me so I went to university and <laughs> <laughs> and I, I studied um, computer science and media and yeah I, I did this um, and while I was um, at, at university I had a, a, a working student job uh, where I did PHP programming. This was in um, 2006. Um, and I studied from 2007 until 2011, I think. Um, did my bachelor degree in computer science and media and um, worked as a developer uh, on the side for a web analytics company. Um, yeah. And um, after I finished my, uh, after I graduated um, with my bachelor, I did some small stuff as a freelancer for half a year, but it didn't feel, I, I, I didn't have any, any direction, you know, it was like, oh, I don't want to do the same thing I did before, but I don't know what to do else. So I tried different projects after I graduated and, um, yeah, I it was just small stuff. I remember the, the only thing I really remember was that I did some um, some agency work for 
<laughs> which was kind of funny because this agency they they had only um their uh, uh apple computers or the macs and uh firefox and uh whatnot and um i should uh, and we we worked on a project for microsoft to to show off their new internet explorer i don't know 10 or something yeah but we completely did this this advertisement uh, web page with non-Microsoft um, technology. Um, yeah, this is the only thing I remember from my freelancing um, in 2011. And and later I started to to uh, I started a front-end job at the company where I also did my working student stuff. And uh, because they wanted to do a new front-end and they were searching for a front-end developer. And this where where my um, my JavaScript journey really began. Gotcha. So I think it's interesting just the um, kind of the back and forth there that you had as far as, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, well, I wanted to go do a, an internship and that didn't work out or an apprenticeship, sorry. And that didn't work out. And so, you know, you're back and forth and back and forth. Um, it, it sounds like programming was your fallback. Yeah. The, the point was a bit because was that I, um, um, I didn't consider programming as a viable uh, job option back in the days. It was like we had um, chemistry at school and I was an A student at chemistry and it was like something I was really good and where some teachers told me, okay, you are good at this, yeah, keep going. And we didn't have computer science or something like that at school. We, we had one... Um, one Excel and Word and such um, uh, class at school in the 10th grade or something. Um, but um, most of the people were talking about, um, I, I met, didn't talk about computers or something at school. It was, you no, know, uh, chemistry was the only thing um, that was a, a real a real subject at school I had for multiple years and where, where teachers would say you are good at this so I thought maybe this is it but then I yeah didn't get any jobs in it so I <laughs> thought yeah I'm good at with computers yeah so let's let's see if I can uh, can make a, a career out of this yeah, it was more a hobby, you know, it was like uh, chemistry felt like a job. It was like something I did at school. I could, could only do at school yeah? and it felt like something you really, um, you, where you really worked. Yeah? And programming was something I would do at home. What was a, a funny, funny, um, funny hobby or something I had yeah, where I programmed some games or modded some games and stuff and did some stuff for friends or um, it didn't feel like some some work I was doing, and then was like, um, how could I make money with something that is so fun? Yep, yeah, that was the thing that really got me too. Is just I was like, this is a blast, and they're gonna pay me for it. Okay, yeah, basically, basically that was it. Was it? So, how did you wind up doing web development as opposed to? mobile development or desktop development or some of the other options that were out there um it was i i hmm, good question hmm, how did i wind up like that i think the point was that the 
Uh, I had a, a friend um, who was um, a developer at the company where I later worked as a working student uh, besides my studies. And they were searching for a guy who could do some demonstration pages for their web analytics tool. So when I started there, I didn't do much development. Um, they just wanted me to install some Joomla um, CMS and um, set up their uh, tra tracking proxy for this stuff and then um, do some scripts and videos where I displayed um, the capabilities of their web analytics tool. Um, so the people who are working at the company were mostly... Um, Uh, C, C++ and uh, PHP developers, but most of them were C developers and not PHP developers. So, um, yeah, they didn't have um, too many. Um, there, there were some developing technology for the web, but they weren't developing with technology of the web. Uh, so right. they, they, they needed someone who does this and had time to... Um, to get to know the technology and uh, wasn't too expensive. And so uh, since I was a working student and didn't have any, um, any experience, um, I was probably a good, good fit for this. Yeah. And yeah, then they did many uh, other projects in that company with PHP. And since I um, did, did this uh, integration with Joomla. I had some PHP experience and then, yeah, it was like, I don't know, 2009 or something. I wrote my first REST API with PHP. And um, yeah, that was basically when I was, uh, when, where I solidified my, my, yeah, my track record for web development. Awesome. So how did you wind up doing React then? Um, this was a coincidence too, I think. I, I did a sabbatical in 2014 where I, um, I wasn't um, totally satisfied with my previous job. I was working seven years at the same company and didn't have uh, any, um, any, it wasn't any side of, um, I don't know, promotions or Uh, personal growth or something so I uh, stopped working for one year and um, did other things I um, did some um, other studies at a university where I uh, studied computer science and there I worked mostly with, with Ember um, oh yeah the good old days yeah that that's what was 2014 I think where I worked with Ember and then um One day my, my money was getting low and I was like, so I have to get a new job. So what, what should I do? And I was like, ah, I know, I know front end development. So I was applying for some front end development positions and yeah, um, I wrote a few uh, applications and people came back to me and um, after a few months, uh, one, one company said, yeah, yeah, you can work for us. And then I started and the um, main, this was in 2015, um, the main web developer there said uh, they were using React. And I was like, yeah, I read about this uh, 
somewhere on Hacker News, I don't know, but I didn't work with React at that time. I mean, this is, uh, I don't know, five years ago or something. And um, I only knew Ember, but I thought, yeah, it couldn't be so uh, much more difficult than Ember. And so I, I tried it and this was, yeah. 2015, I started with, with React because it was already used in the project and I came later, so I had to use it. Yeah, that makes sense. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Yeah, that's about the time that I, uh, that I encountered a couple of, uh, I'm trying to think, where I encountered React. And I remember sitting at a lunch and I think... Um, Dang, I think uh, Ryan Florence was there and he had just switched off of Ember to React and was telling us that Ember was crap and that React was the best thing ever. And <laughs> I don't believe it, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, at the time, I was really into Angular, so that, that's where I was coming from. I was like, mm, okay, I'm glad you like it. But anyway, so... Uh, so what have you done with uh, React that you're particularly proud of or excited to talk about? Yeah, I am. Hmm. What have I done with React? Huh. I think the, the most <clears throat> uh, successful thing I did with React was writing the book, uh, React from Zero, where I taught people about um, how their existing JavaScript knowledge fits together with React mm -hmm. because many people were like, oh, what is JSX and how did I get these Angular brackets in my JavaScript and what's happening? And this book was basically um, the glue between this. Is, it isn't a big book or something or particularly um, uh, detailed, but um, yeah, I think it was when it came out something like the missing piece for for many people who who knew JavaScript and didn't know React but found it interesting because yeah, it's the most popular framework out there and yeah, this was the most successful thing I did with um with uh, React until now, I think. Yeah, and it's interesting too cuz uh a lot of people are coming in. So React from Zero is kind of a, a great place to come from. You also mentioned that you've done some React Native. Oh, yes. Um, I um, <laughs> was, was something um, random too. I just was applying for, for some projects. And um, then uh, after my first React project, and I was like, so now I need some new projects and hmm, React Native, uh, I know React, how hard could it be to do React Native? <laughs> I totally underestimated the 
problems of mobile development. Um, yeah. Um, so I had the, the, I was like, yeah, sure. I can do a React Native project. I already did uh, React for a few years and um, why not? And it was harder than I imagined because I'm sure I could uh, use much of my React knowledge for building UIs. But um, the hard parts of, of React Native weren't building UIs. It was mm -hmm. uh, all the, the glue between the, the, native, um, the native runtimes and the, the, React, uh, the JavaScript part. You know, it was like, oh, now you, the people want in-app payments. And um, yeah, it's suddenly I had to deal with Objective-C and Android bugs and uh, I've, I've never seen these programming languages in my life. Yeah, was just too much. Um, yeah, it was much more than I imagined. It was much harder because um, when you are coming from, from web development, it's, um, yeah. it's, I have the feeling it's much more structured. People were like always, oh, it's crazy web development. How can you do it? And uh, I'm coming from what, what I don't know, cute, cute or something. And they were like, how right. can you program something like the web? It's uh, this really big thing with, with this clunky programming language, JavaScript. And uh, I found this much easier than the stuff I found in mobile development. Yeah, you, <laughs> you were like, okay, now I have multiple programming languages and um, they are all a bit different. And um, yeah, and then you don't, not even, it's not just these, these programming languages are different. They come with their own tooling and um, Apple and Google have different APIs and um yeah, some stuff is in, is more flaky uh, than others, and uh, it's it was just uh, <laughs> yeah, it was everything that has nothing that had nothing to do with with front end development. You know, it was like I I've built my my UI, it works, and now I have to to link it up with with the the native um, platform or the the APIs from from Google or Apple and. I totally underestimated this, but um, yeah, it's um, many, many things have uh, have been done since, since then with, with the libraries and stuff and everything went better and better every every time I, I needed to make an update there. Yeah, it's like um, companies, I, I did these apps for are coming every half a year or something and said, so, oh, we need an update or we have, we got some this something else the the whole facebook stuff you know when they are like right. oh, we want we want some facebook library integrated and then they have to integrate the facebook sdk and then you have some facebook login and then facebook would send you uh, every now and then some updates like oh we are deprecating this sdk and now you have to make a new new version for something uh, um, right because your stuff will stop working yeah and um Somehow I have the feeling this happens much more often in in native mobile app world than it happens in the web world. Don't know, but it just feels to me like that. Yeah, it's entirely possible, especially since um, a lot of those um, how do I put it? A lot of those systems 
they're they're built closer to the metal and so if they want to change the capabilities of the hardware then they've got to change up drivers which may trickle up um but i think even then some of those apis they really try hard to keep the same so it's yeah. it's just a matter of yeah the ecosystem and where you're working and what the trade-offs are and sometimes yeah. that can get hard yeah oh. yeah it's like i said it's just you have more more um points of failure you know somehow when you when you install something for for your some library for the web you you usually end up with some javascript you can debug rather easily but on on mobile you suddenly have some objective c or some swift or kotlin or java or something and um and uh, on top of that you you have javascript And yeah, if if everything works fine, it's it's cool. But if yeah, if you if someone wants some some um, some cross-platform stuff, it's it gets it gets ugly rather quick. But uh, like I have to say, uh, like I said, it's it's getting better uh, every yeah. year. It's it's I had sometime I had I had the feeling that uh, React Native was like. Um, Yeah, getting slower and slower, and people were doing less and less updates. But um, then I read some some um, news about yeah, they they were noticing that, and they saw all their unclosed uh, their their open um, issues and how they got more and more, and that they need to do something different. And they started it, um, I think, in the beginning of the last year, and. Um, things really changed. Um, everything got much smaller, much quicker. Um, they got a new JavaScript runtime going and uh, re-architected their platform. And last time I did some updates, it was a big, uh, a bigger, bigger jump because so much changed. But that what I ended up with was much smaller and much uh, felt much um, concise. Mm -hmm. Cool. So what are you working on these days? Yeah, um, these days I'm, <laughs> I'm basically uh, writing blog posts for a living now. Um, I'm doing mostly um, ghostwriting for, for multiple companies out there. Um, probably I'm, I'm a very prolific writer. Yeah, <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably half of the blog posts you read are from me. No, um, not that much, but... Uh, quite some some blogging because it's not like uh it's not as good uh, as paid as good um as developing but um it's still paid rather good if you write for technology stuff related stuff because yeah you have to have to know how not everyone can write about um every technology and so um it's yeah it's it's a nice job because i'm i'm not really You know, I'm not really a career guy. Yeah, I'm. Right. I'm not. I'm not a freelancer because I want to make the big money. So I'm a freelancer because I don't want someone to tell me that I have to be at, uh, <laughs> off, at the office at <laughs> nine o'clock. You know, that's, I have that same problem. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the only the only reason. Yeah, um, I'm I'm like sleeping uh, till noon every day. I don't know when I last time um, set an alarm clock in my life. Um, yeah, I and blogging is something I can do uh, really flexible. People are like, oh, we need this blog post and 
yeah, you have like uh, a week or two time to do this because most people who are doing tech blogging don't do this as their main job. They do it as mm -hmm. some, some uh, extra revenue source beside their developer job. And um, then the working hours are flexible. I write when I want to. I write where I want to. Um, I write what I want to. And um, yeah, then... It's it's not badly paid. Um, it's okay uh, paid, and so I can can live from this now. And the next thing I'm doing is because I'm mostly writing educational blog posts about technology. I thought about doing some some real education, you know, like with with real people sitting in front of me when I'm <laughs> telling them what they need to know. Um, so I get a bit better feedback of of um of them you know uh, from them um because at the moment i'm it's like i'm throwing out my knowledge in in the internet and sometimes people say yeah this is cool and sometimes they say nothing and sometimes i hear most people didn't react in any way and then years later i hear some people they read something from me and um they didn't even tell me or something it's like you don't really know if you do good work or not. So I I saw that um, a university here in Stuttgart was searching for an educator for uh, front-end development for their design students. And I applied for this and they were like, yeah, let's do this. And so in April, I will teach people JavaScript in university and um, hope that I get better at teaching people in general while doing so cool very cool well um we're kind of getting a ways into our interview i'm uh, if people want to find you online and connect with you where do they do that um i think twitter is the best way my twitter handle is a bit hard to 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 pronounce like my my name in general um i will write it into chat <laughs> It's my Twitter handle, K4Y1S. <laughs> People can also write e emails to me at k at k.is. Um, if they like to contact me about any, I don't know, if they need a developer for mobile, front-end, serverless technology, or if they need an educator, or they uh, just need someone to write blog posts for them, <laughs> they can write me. Or if, I, if they need some pointers about uh, learning about programming in general, yeah, so not, not only business opportunities, but also people who have some, I don't know, who need some pointers to, to learn about programming or so can write me too. Awesome. All right. Well, let's, let's go ahead and do some picks. Um, now you were on the show before we did picks and it's just shout outs about stuff that we like. Um, so last night might've been the night before. I think it was the night before. Um, I uh, started watching the latest season of the expanse. And so I'm going to pick that cause I've, I've been enjoying that. So um, it's a TV show, sci-fi series. The books are pretty good. Um, probably better than the TV show but it's a close thing. Oh, so we can pick such things too? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, what did I watch the, the last weeks? I watched Undone, I think, on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's uh, an animated TV show. I like pretty much 
Um, if you liked um, the movie, um, how is it called? A Scanner Darkly. It's it's like a Scanner Darkly. It has the same the same graphics and it's also a bit crazy um, psychologically. This is a, um, a, a short a short show and I enjoyed it very much. Nice. You said that's on Amazon Prime. I think I watched it on Amazon Prime. Yes. Uh, yeah, it looks like there is a show called Undone on Amazon Prime. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's some strange overdraw like in Scanner a Scanner Darkly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Very cool. Um, well, thanks for coming and chatting with me for a few minutes. I really appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Anytime. All right, folks. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, it's always fun to catch up. And uh, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, Max out. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.